Welcome to Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we are going over Mystery Science Theater 3000, the comic book series, with my brother Nathan Ray and Jamie Hitchcock. I am your host, Noah Ray. Matt wasn't able to be here tonight. And like I said, I have my brother Nathan here with us. Say hello to the folks, Nathan. Hello, everybody. And Jamie, say hello to the folks. Hello. Great. And like I said, we're going to talk about Mystery Science Theater 3000, the comic, probably one of the greatest comics I've ever read. And just because I'm a huge fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000. But before we dive into the discussion, I want to hear from you guys and hear about your love of the show. Um, mine is pretty simple because Nathan introduced it to me. So, but Nathan, how were you introduced to the show? Yeah, so I, the first episode I ever saw was um, at a hotel, and I was 13 years old, and it was Boggy Creek 2. And, um, like, I was laughing hysterically, but my mom came in and was like, what trash is this? And I turned it off. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, like, I think a few times then I could try to catch, like, I'd catch it. I'd look, um, I think at that time it was on Sci-Fi. And, um, like, if we went to a hotel, that was one of the shows that I would sort of, like, search to see if it was on late at night. And, uh, caught like occasionally um but then i think it was probably like 2005 some of my parents friends uh were really big fans of the show as well and they kind of like introduced it to watching like full episodes that i could see and everything um and then then it would have been about like 2007 like i graduated from college and uh like i had just like no direction in my life <laughs> and uh but then I, I, I was really depressed and I would watch these shows a lot. And it was, it was one of those things where uh, no matter how bad I was feeling, like I could always laugh at it. And uh, I think that to me is warrants saying it's my favorite show because uh, just because it's been there for me. Yeah, so true. So true. And um, Jamie, oh, did we lose Jamie? May have, oh, did we lose you? Oh, no. We got you still. Come on, come on, computer. It's all good. We experienced so many technical difficulties on this thing. That's a good, that's a good background right there. I can sympathize with that because you passed it on to me and it's gotten me through so many awful times as well. Um, it's just a gift that keeps on giving and you want to introduce it to people because it's something that makes other people happy. Yeah, exactly. Man. Yeah, and I guess I you introduced it to me, but it was basically because we were over at the dean's house, and you, they were showing us the, the episodes, and you were like, "Come on up and watch this hilarious <laughs> stuff," and like then showed me more and more after that. So, yeah, yeah, and I remember, I remember Mr. B Natural was the one that I was absolutely just like, "You have to see this." Yes, <laughs> no matter what. Love me some Mr. B, and that's the one now I. I can quote along with, like I can riff along with it. Like I, I know all of their responses to things. Like it's like a call and response and it's like natural. So the other day I was working and had Mr. B natural on in the background <laughs> and I was like, and it was like, what does ASC stand for? A sick cookie. And I was like, <laughs> I was able to quote along with it. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, such a good, that's a good one. And actually I think about it now. Boggy Creek was one of the first I saw on TV as well like in a hotel as well. Cause I remember the stadium scene and peeing my pants when they were like <laughs> doing the voiceovers for the whisper scene and stuff like that. Like that, like I remember as a little kid just blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. But Jamie, what, what, what was your intro to the, the show? 
uh, late night channel surfing when I was probably about the same age, about 13. And I remember my first episode, I came in on probably close to the middle of um, Aztec mummy. Yeah. Aztec mummy versus the robot. Oh my God. It, Oh, it so bad. So bad. And I remember that episode because Joel holding his hands over the singer's mouth and then the sound just goes, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that was the, funniest thing to me and i was like what the heck even is this show because it's like here's this old bad movie here are these little shadows commenting on it and then they cut through these doors and there are these puppets and i cut my teeth on the muppet show and this was like puppets what so it was (laughs) it was the best thing and naturally even to this day i'm the only misty in my family my parents did not understand it. My dad got mad. It made my dad angry <laughs> because these people work hard on these movies. <laughs> I remember that the theaters here would show commando Cody serials and this should, they should not be making fun of that. I'm like, dad, lighten up. This is <laughs> hilarious. And like for me, and I, I've, I've said, I've said this more than once to some of my friends. I still have trouble watching the Mitchell episode because I remember how I felt. I was upset because Joel left. And, and even before that, my original, my original, how could you leave us moment was when Dr. Larry left and we had TV's Frank. I was like, who is this guy? Oh, wow. And you know, we grow to love, we of course grew to love Frank. And of course we all grew to love Mike. Um, I, I was upset when the show left. Uh, yeah. It, it was originally Comedy Channel, then Comedy Central, and then they left, and they got picked up by Sci-Fi. By that time, I think I was working, so I missed a lot of the Sci-Fi episodes. So I, I played a, I've played a lot of time over the past few years, finally catching up. Thank you for, you know, thank God for the internet. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and then the revival comes along, and I just fell in love all over again. <laughs> the the revival has been so awesome. Like. Uh, I was excited when they announced the Kickstarter and then this new, the new seasons didn't disappoint whatsoever. And I think having Joel at the helm of the creative team on that was really amazing to bring it on. And then also to have people come back as in his roles, like to have like Kevin Murphy and um, my, and like um, uh, Bill Corbett and Mary Jo Peel reprise their roles. It was just awesome. And then in the new season, Larry came back just for a brief moment as well. That was, that was incredible to have like cast come back and I'm, I'm waiting for when Mike gets to come back, of course, too. And uh, that'll be awesome. Yeah. yeah and I, I kind of feel like um, the reason why the revival works as well as it does is because it is also still very much its own thing, right? Yeah. Like it's like Jonah and uh, Felicia and uh, Patton. And then, like, I forget their voices. Uh, I know. Um, Hampton. Hampton is Crow. Yes. Baron is Tom. And yeah. Rebecca is Gypsy and Cynthia. So. Cynthia's hilarious. Oh, I love oh. Cynthia. Cynthia's so funny. Uh, and um, then, uh, who plays M. Waverly and Growler? Uh, M. Waverly is Grant Pachoco. Okay. And Growler is Russ Walco. And the fun part is Russ Walco, I think, worked on building those puppets. Oh, great. So, so yeah, puppet, yeah, his, his uh, Instagram handle is Puppet Garage. So you can see every now and then he'll post just, just randomly, like, 
hey, here's a behind the scenes thing I did for MST. And it was already suit and a breakdown of what it was. And I was like, oh, cool. Really? So yeah, Russ is good people. Like they're all good people. I love every single one of them. Yeah. I was just going to say that, like, I, I feel like if it, if it, if they tried to go back to doing either like Joel's era or Mike's era, it really would not have worked. No. And I think, I think that was actually, I feel personally like Mike didn't really come into his own until there was like a full turnover. Yeah. And they had um, like a whole different everybody. Um, because I think at that point then it's just sort of, uh, they got people who worked better um, with what was happening versus like trying to put Mike into Joel's role. Right. And they definitely did with like, and there was some polarity that ensued because of that. Like, and you could tell Mike Nelson was trying to make it his own, but still like falling in the Joel shadow. Cause like the invention exchange was the big thing, right? Cause that was Joel's thing. And then they gave it to Mike and it just didn't seem to fit. And then by the second season that Mike was around, they were like, nah, just let Mike be Mike, you know? And uh, it worked better. And the same thing with Jonah, like Jonah, just like, it works that like, you know, Jonah Ray is Jonah Heston. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, the inventions, the invention exchanges work for him better than they, they did for Mike. Yeah. And I, I don't know what it is, but it, they, everybody has their own style. Every host is, they are their own entirely. It's their own run. And I, I like seeing that. Yeah, I'm just, I like more mystery science theater or more riff tracks whenever form it comes in. I don't know about you guys, but that's sort of how I feel about it. Like I eat, I eat up whatever I can. And Jamie, you've, you've been to live shows and stuff like that and met cast members. And well, what was that like? Oh gosh. Well, I'm, I'm one of those spoiled people that uh, riff tracks broadcast out of Nashville. So I have, I think in like 30 live shows, I might've only missed like five. Wow. <laughs> and I, cause I, the first, the first show they announced was plan nine. And I was like, Oh, that was my introduction to riff tracks period. And I was like, Oh, okay, well let's go. Let's go see this. The guys, this is the same guys from MST 3k. Oh my God. Did we, we had no idea that it would grow to what it is uh, as far. It's like an event in Nashville. And that's, that is, a whole lot of fun you get to meet other misties and other riff tracks fans um and then the two times so far that the uh mst3k live show has come to nashville again it's another it's another party basically people dress up and we all some of us know each other from the riff tracks shows awesome. <laughs> which is which is really great and and i know um yeah mst3k live because I also went to uh, I went to the double feature last year that they did in Atlanta. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I lucked out and I got I won I won tickets at Dragon Con to go oh, to nice. this to the second show because I knew the answer to a Muppet trivia question that Joel <laughs> asked in a panel. Yes, go figure it was the Great Santa Claus switch. So that's <laughs> that's what that's what won me tickets. Um, but yeah, I've met I've met the cast I've met the cast members on the live tours twice, and they oh my goodness they are they're having such a good time. I know life on a bus for however many weeks that they were on like six to eight weeks is rough, but they are so appreciative and that and, and that goes for the cast that's out this year too for this this like massive six month tour that they're doing the cast is so appreciative of everybody coming out and supporting them so you know the love that you give them they're giving it back to you and as many jokes and smiles as possible oh 
Now you're making me want to go to a live show. (laughs) I've always wanted to go, but now I'm like even more so. Because Nathan and I have this conversation a lot, like, because they're such heroes to us. If you couldn't tell from our intro, like that, like meeting them, we were always afraid that we'd be disappointed or something like that. Because like, like, you know, the shows that have meant so much to us over time, but now that you've said that, it's kind of like, yeah, we need to go yeah. sometime. You, yeah. Sometime you need to go. I know that there's, there's somebody says, well, you should never, you should never meet your heroes. No, you won't be disappointed because everybody, because who, who, did, yeah, I've met, I think the only one, only cast member that I have not met in some capacity at this point is Patton because I got to meet Felicia at Dragon Con. Wow. Um, but everybody is they're so nice. They're so appreciative. They are funny as hell. <laughs> um, and Rift Tracks, the first few shows that they did in Nashville, they would stay after and talk to people. And I, now that's that's a that's a, a VIP perk. But I stayed and I hung out after that first show, and I got to meet Mike, Bill, and Kevin, and also uh, Jonathan Colton, which oh, wow. at, the, at the time. Me being not totally plugged into things because I'm just, I'm an idiot. All right. I just, uh, the woman is an idiot. Uh, I didn't know exactly who Jonathan Colton was at the time, but I thought he was a trip. And somewhere I have his autograph. Wow. <laughs> I was like, he seems fun. I should, I, I, let's put him in the autograph book too. And it's like, oh, holy shit, Jamie, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, man, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I think I think it's pretty well established now that we're all pretty massive fans of the of the shows and the Rift Tracks and everything. And I guess the one live show Nathan and I have been to, we went to cin- their last cinematic Titanic, and uh, that was now six years ago. But that was, I guess, that's the one live show we've been to, and that was pretty amazing. Um, but it definitely makes me want to go back to it. But that being said, we're all massive fans. Every time any of us sees a gumball machine, we automatically think of Tom Servo's head and not gumballs, I'm sure of it. But we, uh, when this comic that we were supposed to be talking about, but I, I love talking about the show in general, but that we, that was announced, like I peed my pants with excitement. Like I was so psyched for this book when it came out and every issue I picked up, it was just a pure joy. So let's dive into the discussion about this comic, starting with uh, the first issue. And um, I guess I just want to talk about, like, it's written by a bunch of people, which is pretty awesome, including Joel and a lot of people from the show, um, which is pretty great. And then, um, but then the art style, what's great about the artist, um, Todd Nock, I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, he's, uh, He's a massive fan of the show himself. So like his contribution to sort of the host segments are like spot on to the characters. What do you guys think of his, his art style? Well, yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, well, yeah. I think, I think two things. One, it, it goes really well with um, just like the look of the show. Oh yeah. In general, but also like it, it doesn't, it's not too jarring from the comics themselves uh, no. that they're making fun of. Uh, granted it's like, a bazillion times higher quality yes. and, like actually shaded and uh, shows that like somebody actually cared about what they were doing. So. <laughs> it is. It is so true. Yeah. And I've read other bu- stuff by Todd. Like I've read some of his Spider-Man work and things like that. He's a, he's one of the best in the industry, like working in the industry right now. And um, 
I love the setup that like this is sort of their the the bubbles, you know, like the language that they establish from the beginning, like they do a good job of explaining like, you know, uh, how the riffs are going to work in the comics, you know, like where, you know, if you have a bubble next to the word bubbles, that means that it's a riff or if it's something added in, you know. Um, yeah, I just sort of love the format that they set up. And I love that they're going after public domain comics that you find in antique stores and things like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's such a great setup to the book and they do a pretty good job of setting it up at the beginning. But I also like how um, Kinga basically is like realizes like they, they break the fourth wall a lot in this book and Kinga basically realizes that making a comic is the best like way to have like movie chat, like TV show tie in merchandise and stuff like that. Like, oh, uh, Chochinos. Yeah. The whole Chochinos. <laughs> I lose it every time. It's like, wait, what is go? Oh, here we go again. <laughs> what I love, hard. I can't remember what issue it is where they decide it's one of the ones where it's, it's Tom is the teen reporter and they decide to convert his head into a ball. It's in the first issue. They decide the first to convert issue, his they, head into a bowl for Chochinos. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> And uh, Kinga and Max are like hanging banners, like with the brand names on there and stuff <laughs> like that. Like, uh, it's so funny. Um, we have to thank our pizza. We have to thank our pizza roll sponsors yeah. for helping that for helping this along, or else we would not have this comic. So, <laughs> yes, I. Um, but I love um, when Tom gets into this book. It's like I, I kind of say this about the show. And I, and I say this about the comic as well. If you're a creative person, you know, like if you're working in storytelling or visual mediums, there's no way, there's no better way to learn what not to do than to watch Mystery Science Theater 3000, right? <laughs> you know, like, you know, you're going wrong when you're making choices like the ones you see on that show, you know, like in the movies. Oh, yes. And I think that sort of goes the same way here with these comics, you know, that kind of thing. Cause they're not just like making fun of the cheesy dialogue. They're making fun of like how like poorly the backgrounds are rendered and stuff like that. And uh, yeah. The terrible perspective in some of the others, it's just, it, it's, and oh, some of it's so awful. And see, the thing is also looking at the way that this, the actual old comics are printed within this new comic. My dad was a printer for like 30 something years. So he taught me early on how to tell when things were off register and look bad. Oh my gosh. I love how this looks, but it hurts my soul at the same time. <laughs> because some of it is so sloppy, but that's, that's the style. That's exactly how they wanted it to look. And that's exactly how it looks. I think, um, oh gosh, I want to say on, it might've been on Mike Manley's Instagram or the Alterniversal Instagram that they had a back, a behind the scenes kind of sneak peek of what it looked like before they added the mst characters and yeah it looks like it they stayed completely true to form wow that's really cool to know because i've always wondered about that too like because it looks almost like they just transferred what was on the newsprint onto these new comic book pages and yeah um they, yeah they did a really they did a really good job of integrating people in there because like that black cat splash page from the very from her very first appearance uh they had to change they definitely had to change and redraw some things to add jonah in there yeah 
Yeah, and the artist, the 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 in comic artist, his name is um, is uh, Jack Pollock, is brilliant. Like it's it's seamless how well he integrated in the characters. Like I mean, it's obvious because that's the funny part about it. But he does a really good job of matching the brush styles, yeah, and, uh, the inking styles, and then uh, their colorist is really good. Man, that's amazing that they just kept the same. They kept they kept a lot of the same artwork and didn't try to recolor anything. Because I know, like, Marvel and DC, they recolor all their old stuff. Oh, dear. You know, like, they, they have very few stuff in print of, like, their old original colors and things like that. That's why, like, you know, that adds to the value of old copies of things. Um, so that's, that's pretty great that they went the route of trying to print the comics as they actually are. And see, that, that's part of the, the charm it yeah. is having it look that way but it, it's yeah it it's really really well done and the fourth wall breaking is great yes. there are little easter eggs here and there that i'm still finding um it's like any episode of mst it's like yeah. here's a reference here's a reference that you were not expecting it's like wait a minute what yeah. <laughs> oh yeah they, they do a lot of great references of like you know classic references in the sh like from the show um yeah, it, it's pretty great. But uh, man, I'm just like looking through some of the Crypt Keeper stuff, and uh, oh my God, Crow! Crow Crow, is so owns, good. Crow as Crow as the Crow Keeper totally owns yes. this series. Like I love everybody else. I love I love Tom Servo, Teen Reporter. He loves the fact that he has a full body. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but Crow totally owns this comic, and I adore it because who does not love Crow T Robot? Oh yeah, well Nathan and I both agree with you there on that part. Yeah, yeah. like uh, <laughs> I, I think I think part of that too is just the fact that the uh, like the scary comics are more short form, and they're very like very little exposition. They're the panels are a little more sparse, so like they're not. Uh, I don't know. It's it's just a lot easier to follow uh, for me, my adult brain, mm -hmm. um, but. Uh, yeah, the other ones, and I think too, just that like maybe, maybe just because there's a, it's like a very short story with a little stinger, it's a lot more tolerable than the longer comics as well, which are just, uh, I mean, they make them hilarious, they make them consumable, but they are just horrendously bad. Like yes. the black cat and the, the oh, TV the black reporter. cat. <laughs> the black cat was all over the place. Oh, it's so bad. It was like I just they could not stay focused it seems like the writers on that that comic like as to what was going on because it just jumps all over the place all the time and they point that out too they're just like wait a minute, what you know yeah yeah um it's like there's a plot hole you can drive a mac truck through but yeah okay well, well like <laughs> how it goes from the one storyline then all of a sudden her father is being murdered as the like you know are like being attempted to be murdered like that kind of thing like it just comes out of nowhere you know like yeah, out of nowhere it's like wait what oh, wait, wait what like we and, just and, got done with this other thing yeah and, and then there's there's a lot there's a good line in there it's like you know well take care of, you know it's like look after my father and blah 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 and jonah's like we're trying to get to a hospital but we keep getting distracted oh look a rubik's cube yes <laughs> <laughs> and i'm pretty sure that's how the writers are operating <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh squirrel yeah but um there's a 
but to back to the crow keeper one the the how like not the house of wax but like the sculpture story i think that was my favorite moment <laughs> the the favorite my favorite comic of all of them like yeah like i i was just like dying when i read it the first time and how they like some of the stuff in here is so great um like <laughs> Um, like uh, Crow standing by the fireplace and saying, "Like we should build a fire in this fireplace one day," you know, looking at it. Like, and uh, um, and uh, like, who's gonna clean my pipe? That kind of thing. It's there's there's so many. Yeah, they had yeah. a lot of fun with Crow oh. on that because he also talking about the panels, like the sparse panels, and let and there's different shapes of the panels too. It's not just yeah. your standard. Oh, here's a square. Here's a square. Here's a rectangle. Here's a square. Crow plays around in the margins. Yes. I mean, that is, that is a beautiful thing. And, and I, what was, there's a panel in there where he goes, nothing like soaking in a hot tub of no. And yeah. sure enough, there's this guy's <laughs> face. <and> just no. <laughs> yeah. I love, um, yeah. I love how they stick to basic Crypt Keeper comics, you know, mm -hmm. um, that like, yeah, they, they have his head floating in the background, giving the narration and things like that. But uh, I like how they do, they do stuff, and, and especially in this issue, they do stuff like they do in the show where they interact with what's on screen, you know? Like, you know, in the, on the show, they have the silhouettes and they'll like pretend to move things around or be a part of it. I, I really love how they sort of like just skip the middleman and just put them into the comic right here and like crows like leaning over people's shoulders and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, just basically butting into the conversations. It's such a great way of elevating the comedy within the, within like the visual comedy within the book. It's so great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, if ever there was a show that was so well translated to comics, like it's, it's like a perfect translation. I have to really like salute the writers and creators at how well they found the comics equivalent of a TV show. Um, but like, uh, I also love, the the we talked about the shameless um the the, the shameless uh pl product placement and stuff like that but i love um i love that like it's only the bad guys who are doing it that kind of thing like if you didn't have any like argument that this is evil call like, you know capital corporate like you know corporate like you know sponsorship and stuff like that it's like king is just so obsessed with money and her brand and then that ties in, like, this was a great sort of bridge into the new season of the show. Because, like, that's sort of her angle on Netflix as well. Like, she's constantly talking about how, like, they're going to make the next great bingeable show and stuff like that. And, like, uh, just gain, uh, like, followings, like, cult followings and stuff like that. And that's her end goal to take over the world is, uh, Yeah. Kinga is Kinga is the most terrifying forester of all if you think about it because yeah. she doesn't intend she doesn't intend to drive somebody crazy with movies she's going to take over the world via capitalism. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. She's a scary smart lady. <laughs> yes. Um, but I do love you know I I I love that it was it was six issues, you know, and sort of one sort of complete story from start to finish. And, and things like that. But I, I really would like to see more of this stuff out there. Oh, I would, I would love to see another run, do another six issues so we could yeah. get another convenient little graphic novel at the end. And 
me being, I'm trying to break my completionist syndrome, which is really, really hard. I had to ask my comic shop to order both the A and B covers because I needed Todd's art, but I also needed Steve Vance's art. Yes. And everybody, everybody should be familiar. Every Misty should be familiar with Steve Vance because he does all of the insert posters for all of the DVDs. Uh, and he is just absolutely fantastic. So that, that's, it's been fun to collect, to collect them for that too. I w I'm very tight on cash, but I am going to go back and buy all of the variants as I find them at conventions and things like that, because you are right. The there's like, it's like, so Todd's covers are story covers, right. You know, mm -hmm. and on the series and they sort of show maybe what they like, you know, it'll be like Kinga and uh, the cast sort of, on the cover but then um oh you, you said his name and i already forgot it um oh steve steve Steve's, vance steve vance's covers are the the brilliant sort of riffs that kind of thing where it's like it's the characters in the comics that they're going to be making fun of and mm -hmm. um yeah i love having i love having really good variant covers in a series like that um where you get a good feel you get a good feel from the covers of these books that you're in for something hilarious Oh gosh, yes. I mean, the artwork, the artwork is beautiful. Todd's art in the host segments and on the A covers is so pretty. Yes. Oh my goodness. So, yeah. yeah. I wonder, I think Todd's all digital, but that's a real shame. If I ever meet him, I'd love to get a Mystery Science Theater commission from him because, yeah. Oh, you totally can. I think I've seen a oh, couple yeah. of people, I think I've seen a couple of people get their sketchbooks or have him add to a jam piece or something and there's like this stunningly brilliant Jonah Heston in there and um Grant Grant got him to autograph an issue of the comic for him and he drew a little M Waverly on the cover oh my awesome. heart oh my heart <laughs> <laughs> and the f a fun thing after because I think the the way that things shook out between uh last year's tour the gauntlet and the comic book um me may not realize this now in the comic book that's when we get that came out before the gauntlet was released on netflix so we got to see artie's new suit yep um and also the bubulator that's in the comic if you look in one of the episodes of the gauntlet it's in the background behind cynthia and I oh think my she, gosh i think she even points it out it's when they're trying to find um they're trying to find the, the missing parts of pod people for idiot control now. And they're down where King of Chrome is in its most, you know, gloopy gloppy form at the very bottom or something, but it's, it's in the show. It's very cool. <laughs> also, one of the things that um, happened pretty early on on this show is that they had a, a character in here that I didn't know who it was. It was, um, Oh, it's a, uh, the they they introduce her in the gauntlet it's um she's the the monster oh uh, the, uh, the, uh, dr donna saint fives dr donna saint fives was introduced in this comic as well like i think this might be her first appearance wasn't it like i know she was i know she was on the tour but i'm not sure oh maybe that's what it was it was that's, she was yeah, on she the was, tour yeah okay. she was on the tour and okay her, and she was in the she was in the gauntlet too so i'm trying okay. to figure out exactly where this comic falls within canon and i'm thinking yeah. I know it's just a show I really should relax, but I can't, <laughs> I never will. <laughs> yeah. Which, so that's another thing, I guess, for them to bring it back so we can have, uh, Dr. Donna 
in I there would, as well. I would love for them to bring Dr. Donna into the comics because she was such a fun addition in the show was. and the tour. So yeah. Does she have the accent on the tour as well? Oh yes. Yes, yeah. she did. It was, it was fantastic. Uh, Cause the two, yeah, the two movies we had uh, the brain and we had death stalk. Oh, nice. And yeah, she came out, she came out uh, a few times and she had the accent and it was, it was fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, we need more Dr. Donna. Yeah. We need more Dr. Donna and uh, to help that, uh, the relationship between her and Jonah form. Cause there's definitely something there. I ship it. I yeah, shipped yeah. it. <laughs> I shipped it before they even got to that episode. And I was oh just, really? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, one of the things that sort of struck me, uh, in addition to like getting the characters right, yeah, like their dialogue and everything, um, they really managed to keep the, uh, like that Midwestern yes. style of speech yes. and, uh, like just the kind of humor that they have in there. Um, yeah. And I guess all three of us are from the Midwest. We are on, we're on the East coast, Jamie, but we all, we all grew up. Nathan was lived in Iowa and Missouri and I lived in Missouri. So we're all, we all know that way of speaking. And see, I'm, I'm from Tennessee, but I'm beginning to think that I have, I'm pretty sure that we have family in the Midwest because I have way too much of that attitude and the, Oh gosh, Oh geez. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've had people, I've had Midwesterners go, are you you sure? Are you sure there's not some roots there? I'm like, I'm beginning to think there is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We, um, yeah, I think that's sort of what makes the show resonate so well with us as well is because that's all our family, you know, <laughs> are, are the like, oh, we went down to the fish fry and that kind of stuff. And uh, whenever they make a joke like that, that hits home with all of us. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they do keep that Midwestern thing. And that's probably Joel having his hand in this, you know, and that's uh, that's pretty great that he's one of the writers on this comic, you know, and that he developed it. Um, it's my understanding he wanted he's been wanting to do this sort of thing for a long long time too yeah so he finally got to do it which is so great and that's another reason why like he's a personal hero and stuff like that because he he just understands like uh he understands that like there's a love for what he created you know and that he wants to see more of it because you know because he loved doing it and he knows that other people want to see more of it too. So yeah, it's uh I'm I'm really hoping that he can get to, together with Dark Horse and get another series going. Have they confirmed season three yet on Netflix? Not yet. Uh we're we're all we're all kind of waiting with bated breath. Uh there was an yeah. article that came out that where they spoke with Felicia about her new book, and they asked her and she said, Well, it's on hold at least until they're through with this tour because the tour just got started. Okay. And this is what, this is September and the Joel's on the tour. Um, and it goes till March of next year, I think. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty big intense tour, but it's also billed as his final tour too. Mm, yes. Right. Cause he did, he did the 30th anniversary last year with, Jonah and then the year before he was only there just kind of as uh, a host a master of ceremonies in a way on the watch out for snakes tour and but this one is the cheesy movie circus is his final hurrah I think 
Yeah, I, that's sad to think about that being an end of an era, but hopefully he gets to come back and make more shows and make more comics. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Joel's um, too creative, man. No, he's, he is. He's going yeah. to he's gonna have to stay on and, and keep doing this stuff. And hopefully, if, we're, if we get a season three, season 13, hopefully, you know, he'll stay on and he'll straw boss that and get him with the writers on that, too. So. Yeah. It's just maybe not tourist, not tourist much because that's that's a brutal life to live. <laughs> the money's good though. Yeah, you know, that's 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 got to be that's got to be something where I'm sure they're making way more on the tour than they do working for Netflix. Oh. Um, yeah, but I I really hope that he comes back and does more comics because again, there's this he's sort of a preservationist, you know, like uh, I guess that's is that the right word, preservationist. I don't know like of like basically art in general, right? You know, if it wasn't for Mystery Science Theater 3000, we wouldn't get like, you know, so many people's careers would have just been forgotten, that kind of thing. And so many people's work would have just been forgotten. People that they worked hard on, you know, like it's like your dad said, Jamie, like, you know, people worked hard on it and like, yeah, like Mystery Science Theater is acknowledging that and making it live forever. You know? Yeah. And I think the same thing goes with comics as well, because like, a lot of people worked hard on this stuff and you know, this is all like silver age comic stuff. It's like a golden silver age comic stuff. And they weren't being paid much back then at all. Like, you know, they were, those artists, those writers were just being gypped by their publishers and to have their work being preserved in this fashion, like that's important in this time. So like Joel is doing something that like is hilarious, but on the same time has like this deeper meaning to it. They're like, you know, to, to preserve this stuff that would otherwise be forgotten and sort of left in a vault to rot, you know? Yeah. And I like, <clears throat> I would definitely say that I've never heard of black cat or teen reporter. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, definitely there's a lot of horror comics yeah. uh, that have been in the past, but uh, those two specifically, like uh, never heard of it. Um, much like the show. Uh, yeah. I've, so many of the movies that I would have never heard of, but, um, but at the same time, like, this is um, just like with the show. It's yeah. made me seek out sort of like obscure bad movies. Yes. And now I'm actually kind of curious more about uh, obscure bad comics. No kidding. Um, just to see what, uh, I don't know, how, how I could process it by myself. <laughs> There's, a, I guarantee you, at your local comic shop, somewhere underneath the rows of tables where they've got the long boxes, there are sad other little long boxes that say <laughs> 50 cents to 99 cents. And it's all <laughs> stuff like this. <laughs> it'll honestly i'm curious i want to search out some of this stuff i've look I, i've i think i already i grew up liking bad movies to begin with because like attack of the killer tomatoes was my parents fault for introducing me to that <laughs> they can't complain about me liking misty so i i seek out bad movies i'm going to seek out some of these comics because they are they're they're a piece of history they're a piece of art history a publishing history and they're endearing in their own little special way and of course we've got attention drawn to them now because mst poked a little fun at it but they had oh, a good yeah. time doing it it's not it's not malicious oh it's no not malicious fun it is actually it's it's pretty dear-hearted it's you know it's like picking on your friends oh yeah and it's 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 uh it's good-natured ribbing like the show likes to say right you know <laughs> it's, uh, yeah yeah um it's yeah it, this this comic series was a gift like the show was a gift um, that, I think we had a pretty good discussion about the comic. Um, 
before we go, Jamie, do you want to tell the folks about uh, your artwork and where they can find it? Oh, where, where they, they can, can find you? Where they can find me? Well, I somehow ended up all over the internet, and it was just because I I started watching the revival, and I decided I needed to draw things from it, and that turned into my own comic, which it's it's a fan comic. It is nothing officially sanctioned at all, but uh, you can. I have everything so far at. And this is a long name, Mystery Scribble Theater 3000.tumblr.com. At this point, if you just Google Mystery Scribble Theater 3000, I'll pop up somewhere. Um, but the funny part is just doing a fan comic uh, and art drops. I started doing art drops at the Rift Track shows, and then that grew into me doing them at the Misty shows. And then I've, I've been to several of Jonah's stand-up shows and I do art drops there too this is it's just fun to do and that's led to uh, I got to do art for riff tracks this year I was a digital goodie that was exciting um, I'm also I also got to work on series two and three of the official mystery science theater trading cards I did artist trading cards for both of those and that's led to me working on two other different sets like i'm working on some zorro cards right now guys i could not be more excited wow. so and this is all from just me doing just doing a fan comic and the the fun the funniest part about it though is that the cast found it and they were made aware of it and now i'm friends with a few of them because oh, wow they're and they're so they're so sweet and so supportive so it's it's really, really nice. So again, this is where I say, it's okay to meet your heroes. You won't be disappointed. These guys are great. Um, but yeah, if, if, uh, if anybody's looking for me, it's mystery scribble theater, 3000.tumblr.com. I'm on uh, Twitter as at Smitty girl and Instagram as Smits 76. And the only reason it's not Smitty girl there is because somebody beat me to it six years ago. Oh, so. of course. <laughs> And we're gonna we're gonna have all your links to your social media in the show notes. And um, I'm guessing Nathan, uh, do you want to pitch post? Uh, do you want to talk about your social media, or do you want to remain? Sure, um, I'm on Pornhub mostly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's right. I love your stuff. Under uh, yeah. no. no, no. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm scared to make up a name because there might actually be somebody. <laughs> But we will definitely have Nathan and Jamie on again to talk about something. Maybe do our some of our own comic riffing because All-Star Batman and Robin Boy Wonder is a marvelous disaster by Frank Miller and Jim Lee. So like, <laughs> it would be great to riff on that sometime. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for both being on. And um, just a message to the listeners. Um, if you could give us a follow on social media, we are at ConstructComPod on Twitter. Our Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod, and Facebook is facebook.com slash Constructing Comics. Also check out our YouTube channel under the same name, Constructing Comics. We put up videos of the podcast and do creator spotlights there. Our videos are mostly the more visual heavy stuff. Um, again, uh, we'll have all the notes, all the all of Jamie's uh, social media in the show notes. Um, thanks for listening, and please keep telling people about Mystery Science Theater, the comic, and the show. Thank you so much.